Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I am Billy Embody. Thanks for listening. Lots to get to today as we continue our fall camp preview series with the tight ends and linebackers. I know the Pac-12 media day was on Friday. Lots of news to get to on that, but we're going to talk about that really on the Members Only Pod on Wednesday a little bit, but also I'm dropping this afternoon my latest update at OnThePonyExpress.com on where things stand with the Pac-12 SMU Conference Realignment Media Rights Deal, all of those things that I've picked up since the day happened on Friday where you know, reports coming out that maybe there is no expansion on the horizon. We'll kind of dive into that and see maybe why that is popping up all of a sudden. So check that out at OnThePonyExpress.com. It'll be up by the end of the workday on Monday, no doubt. Um, still working the phones. Talked to a bunch of people the last two days on that front. So looking forward to kind of giving our subscribers the latest on that. T- just $10 a month to join OnThePonyExpress.com. Perfect time to do it ahead of fall camp. Let's dive into a position that I think is going to be one of the keys to this 2023 offense, and that is the tight end. Rhett Lashley asks a lot of them in this offense. Casey Woods, the offensive coordinator, that's his position group. And we saw in 2022 SMU emerge with one of the top young tight ends in the country in RJ Maryland. He was SMU's fifth leading receiver. Played in 13 games, 28 receptions, 296 yards, six touchdowns. We saw him have some big games, some big moments. We also saw him set SMU's single-season touchdown uh, record for a tight end as a true freshman. Uh, So he burst onto the scene in a big way in 2022. Really kind of took a minute uh, as a true freshman to really take the reins. Um, had a big 51-yard touchdown catch against Maryland. And I think that was the moment where, look, I saw the talent at South Lake Carroll. When you go for over 1,000 yards, back-to-back seasons, um, at that high level of Texas high school football, you're doing something right. He was primarily playing wide receiver. SMU got him in and bulked him up this offseason. He looks even bigger, so he'll probably be able to hold his own a little bit more at the line of scrimmage, and we'll talk about that in terms of blocking shortly. But you look at this SMU offense and you can date this all the way back to Chad Morris's involvement with tight ends. You see games where they take off. We've seen Kylan Granson. We've seen all the Grant Calcaterra where they had big games, big moments. And then others where the matchups don't necessarily dictate that as, as much. You can have RJ Maryland have two touchdowns against Tulane, six receptions, 61 yards. Look, we know what happened in the Tulane game. You can have him have four receptions, 52 yards, two touchdowns against Houston. Talked about the Maryland game, five receptions, 35 yards against Cincinnati and a touchdown. But then there are also moments where, you know, the Tulsa game, zero for zero. uh, South Florida, one for five. Memphis, one for three. BYU, one for six. So you see these moments where they – their usage or the or the production, I should say, kind of comes and goes. And that's how the tight end position is in this offense. But R.J. Maryland is becoming somebody that SMU is going to have matchup, cause matchup issues with on opposing off uh, defenses. And so I'm very intrigued to see how they go in year two with him now that he's at a full offseason, 
now that he's bulked up even more, what they can do with him offensively as far as a weapon uh, goes, that's going to be key uh, for this 2023 offense. Preston Stone taking over. He's got Jordan Curley. He's got Jake Bailey, Roger Daniels, Keyshawn Smith, Jordan Hudson, Moochie Dixon. I mean, the list goes on at wide receiver. At tight end, it starts, and as of right now, ends with RJ Maryland in terms of guys you can truly trust. So you look at the tight end position for SMU being outside of RJ Maryland, a question mark. Nolan Matthews Harris played in three games last year, two receptions, 28 yards. Um, that was that's pretty much it. Cam Allen um, was a guy that uh, didn't do much at all. I, I, I'd have to check uh, check his um, actual profile right now and, and just see if he even did anything. Um, I know he didn't have any receptions, but um, did get some time in games, I believe. Uh, just two games in 2022. But Cam Allen is a guy who is just entering his third year of college football. He was basically hitting the reset button when it comes to his role. Um, once he got to SMU, they kind of got him in as a body. Um, Nolan Matthews Harris has that upside uh, to be good. He's coming off a very good spring. Um, I think you've got to give credit where credit is due. And Nolan Matthews Harris has that ability to maybe take that next step if he can be healthy and be not only a blocker, but a pass catcher. That's something where if SMU can get more movement from these tight ends in the run blocking game, I watched a little bit of film um, with Brett Lashley at the Texas Coaches Convention, and we're not going to dive too much into it, but basically these tight ends they developed over the course of the year that ability to maybe block and move the move the pile and 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 play with the right technique. A lot of this is technique. You know, SMU wants their tight ends to block a certain way because they tee things up in a certain way. And so SMU has to see these tight ends take that next step. RJ Maryland, he was a lanky little freshman last year. He's bulked up. He might be able to hold his own a little bit more, but he has that understanding maybe of what SMU actually wants him to do from a blocking standpoint. Gage Haskin is a former walk-on. He was somewhat serviceable as a blocker. We know he had his really big moments where he didn't he didn't make plays. He didn't make plays or he made a play that really hurt SMU. Um, you know, a drop, missed block against BYU resulting in a pick six. It was a tough season for Gage Haskin. So we'll see if he has a role this year because SMU did bring in Four new tight ends. They bring in Lonnie Johnson, who enrolled early in the spring. He's probably somebody that is a little bit of ways away as a tight end from contributing. He's just needs to bulk up, um, but he is kind of in that RJ Maryland role uh, or mold, I should say. Adam Moore is a little bit more of a versatile tight end right now, but more on the pass catching side. He's got great athleticism. He arrived in July. He's going to be somebody that's playing catch up a little bit as far as the position goes because of him arriving in July. He had to finish up classes. Trip Reardon from right down the road and up the road, I should say, in Frisco. He comes in as a big body. If you're looking for somebody who comes in uh, and has a chance to maybe surprise some people, it's Trip Reardon. He's got he's about 6'5", 240, uh, has some really nice athleticism from what we've seen. Uh, and Hurd, he's kind of been a, the surprise of the summer, uh, in a sense, out of the freshman 
if he can carve out a role as a blocker, that'd be big. And then you bring in Micah Hiltz from Texas State, who's had a little bit of up, up and down career between injuries and usage and coaching changes in San Marcos. And so for him, this is a great opportunity to get a restart in his final year of college football. He is a big frame guy, about 6'6", listed about 245. I don't know if he really is that 245 or it's just kind of packed on in a certain way, but he has that opportunity as an older guy to maybe help with his physicality move the pile. So they have options now to really help this run game maybe take that next step. We know the talent that they brought in from a running game, uh, from a running back perspective for the 2023 season. Jalen Knighton, LJ Johnson. You have Kamar Wheaton back, Belton Gardner back. Um, you know, this is a group uh, that has the potential to be very good uh, because of the talent uh, that they have. Um, in, in, in Tyler Levine, of course, uh, in that room. But if the tight ends can't give you what you need from a blocking perspective, they're going to have to get a little creative. It's going to be maybe inconsistent. You have a better game breaker in a Jalen Knight. You have a Thunder guy that you've added in LJ Johnson. You have a veteran coming back in Tyler Levine. Brett Lashley says he's basically cleared to go. That's big news. But the, but the tight end position has to step up. They have to give more in the run blocking game. Because that is one of the key components of making this whole thing work offensively is getting just that little bit of room from these from these tight ends. You know, SMU has options now. They do not have somebody that I would argue is, is proven to be a reliable run blocker. Now, we're talking about the tight end position. You got to factor in the new addition that SMU brought in from the defensive line to play a little H back. That is Elijah Chapman. Now, I think his role is going to be split for the most part, obviously, between the defensive line and, and H back position. The thing with Elijah Chapman and his usage is going to be, well, if you put him on the field, we know his strength. We know his ability to block. He could, you know, pick up pass pro a little bit, but he's going to be one that, they really focus on moving the pile um, and moving a big defensive lineman. He has the strength to do that. He's a haul. We know that. But you're dictating that, for the most part, you're going to run the football. And you're taking away maybe another guy who could factor in as a true skill guy, like a Trip Reardon, a Micah Hiltz, maybe a Nolan Matthews-Harris. But it's gotten to the point where I think SMU – they want to be able to gain that yard on third and one or fourth and one or third and two. You know, you look at third and three and you look at some of the drives and the way SMU has run the ball throughout the year. And then you get into short yardage and it's, okay, they got to chip away, chip away. And, and it is not a sure thing. You factor in Elijah Chapman, they could do some heavy packages. That's kind of a difference in terms of maybe your mindset overall as a team in terms of picking up that yard or two that you need in critical situations. So Elijah Chapman's going to factor in. He's probably one of the wild cards of this offense in terms of his usage and how he's going to impact the run game overall. But watching in spring ball, he has that ability to really move a pile. So I, I think he's going to be very interesting. 
uh, to see how that works and if they're able to get a little bit of um, you know push from him, he's going to be somebody that can really impact that game in a big way. Um, and for SMU, that's going to be critical. You know, I, I think when they need to get him uh, the ball, they can do that a little bit as you're watching here on YouTube. He's a load. He is one of the strongest guys on the team. There is no question about it. But as he settles into that offensive, you know, mindset, it's just an adjustment. He has fall camp to do that, and he's going to get opportunities to make it happen. Um, I just think sometimes you can overcomplicate things. I don't think they're going to do that when it comes to Elijah Chapman and, and what he can bring to the table. Um, but again, you put him on the field, and if you you know want to do a heavy package, you're you're looking you're looking at you know. A, a, an interesting scenario when it comes to what else you can do offensively when he's out there. So something that SMU is going to figure out how to work with um, when it comes to uh, the tight end position, they, they need a little bit of juice in that run game to do that. They're going to need uh, more and more from their tight ends. As you see RJ Maryland picking up in pass pro there. So um, I, I feel like this is a group that, you have a bona fide star in a sense in RJ Maryland. We see what he's done. We see what he can do. Um, I'm very intrigued to see how he puts it all together uh, this year because this is when he can truly break out, be an all AAC guy, um, and and potentially be that first teamer for the next two years. And who knows, maybe be three and out. So tight end position has a really bright rising star in RJ Maryland, but also you've got to see that run game assist come from them a little bit more. It was a work in progress early last year. It came on a little bit better, but they've got to figure out how to make that work. So the tight end position, kind of a wild card in a sense outside of RJ Maryland. Before we go any further, I got to talk to you guys about bird dogs. Look, I'm out there in the sun at practice, at games. Well, I'm so excited for this football season to work with bird dogs. So I've got my shorts here. I just actually ordered some joggers and another pair of shorts. They'll get here on Wednesday. So I'll show you guys those next week. But the big thing is, is keeping cool in the summer and in the heat. Well, this liner is clutch. Um, they've got that, you know, sweat wicking, um, you know, you know, uh, water kind of resistant type of fabric that breathes really well. So it keeps you cool. Um, I also love the zippers on the pockets because that's that's clutch for me. You know, I've got car keys, I've got um, SD cards for my camera. Those can fit in there, um, and these are these are waterproof. They'll pretty much dry off really quickly. So for a big sweater like me, I can't believe how much uh, I've been missing out on when it comes to bird dogs. So check out bird dogs. Um, I'll talk to you guys about the joggers when I get them in. Just ordered those, so they'll be here this week. But use promo code Pony for a free Yeti tumbler right here. So get your bird dogs tumbler. You can go to birddogs.com slash pony or use the promo code pony for your free bird dogs Yeti tumbler with your order. We've had a bunch of people jump on board the bird dogs train. So I love them. Looking forward to continuing uh, our work with bird dogs. So shout out bird dogs and uh, appreciate their support of the On the Pony Express podcast. When we jump into the linebacker room, 
This is a group that we've already talked about the outside linebackers. We're talking about your true middle will linebackers. SMU is pretty much going to be a nickel 95% of the time. And the only time SMU was really in base last year was against UCF. You know, that was really the, the game that uh, SMU um, and, and Navy, of course, but UCF, SMU was kind of having to play in that base defense and eventually UCF solved it and kind of broke the game open. But for the most part, SMU is going to have two linebackers on the field. And you look at what they brought in. They brought in Ahmad Walker from Liberty, and they brought in Kobe Wilson from Temple. They also brought in two freshman linebackers now, Alex Kilgore, who enrolled in the spring, and Brandon Maizono, who jumped on board uh, this summer um, and, and will be somebody that you probably look at as, you know, probably a special teamer at best. Um, as of now, because you also return Jaquandis Burns and you return Chris Adamora, who played safety for you last year, but has now moved up into that linebacker room. Cam Farrar no longer with the program. He's um, headed off to uh, junior college. But this is a group that when you talk about playing two linebackers pretty much 95% of the time, you're in a good situation from a depth standpoint. Would they like to have had one more, I think, for this season? Yeah, absolutely. Maurice Crum, the new linebackers coach, took over this position in the spring and I think really connected well with the guys. And Scott Simons trusts Maurice Crum to keep that room headed in the right direction. And the biggest piece to this, I feel like, in terms of how expectations and what the coaching staff wants needs to be um, really kind of relayed and, and reiterated and taken into, uh, you know, true account by the players is Ahmad Walker. He played for Scott Simons at Liberty, played as a true freshman, burst onto the scene, was one of their best players when they beat Arkansas last year, uh, had 63 tackles, 11 tackles for loss, four sacks, two pass breakups, and a pick um, in his second season with the Flames. But after the season, entered the portal. You know, the thing about Ahmad Walker is he is a leader. Warner Robins is one of the best high school programs in the country year in, year out. And he comes from the state of Georgia and he walks right into Liberty and he plays a ton as a true freshman. He's about 5'11", maybe six foot on a good day. He's about 210 pounds, I would guess. But he is going to be somebody that has that mindset that SMU has needed at the position for a long, long time. And so I think that the biggest you know, add from the linebacker standpoint was certainly Ahmad Walker. But Kobe Wilson is a guy that is going to factor in potentially as that other starter. I think Ahmad Walker is going to start. I think that's pretty clear. In 2022, Kobe Wilson made 64 total tackles in the AAC um, and, and across this whole season, but Temple in the AAC. Five and a half tackles for loss, a sack and a half, two pass breakups, a forced fumble, two fumble recoveries. And he's played a lot of college football over the last three years with Temple. Um, he played in five games in that uh, 2020 COVID year. Uh, in 2021, he played in all 12 games. 2022, I think he played in 12 as well. He's got two years of eligibility remaining, just like Ahmad Walker. You also factor in Chris Adamora here, making the move uh, to linebacker. But really, the big thing is, can Jaquandis Burns turn that corner? He played in a bunch of games last year for SMU. He started one 
Uh, he made 14 tackles, two tackles for loss, a pass breakup, and forced a fumble. He's got the size. He's got the athleticism. That's something he's had from the get-go. What he has to do is put it together start to finish. And SMU is really high on Jaquandis' ability. What he did last year was kind of faded late in the season. This year, I think he's really motivated because Ahmad Walker was brought in, because Kobe Wilson was brought in by the competition. He's going to be pushing. And the biggest thing with his ability to push is, all right, if you can get to a point where Ahmad Walker is your starter and Jaquandis Burns and Kobe Wilson are kind of 1A, 1B, that's kind of similar to a sense where you had Isaac Slade Matatia, Jimmy Phillips, and Shannon Reed last year, and you had Jaquandis Burns as your fourth linebacker. Chris Adamora could be that fourth linebacker in a way, but the the one thing I'll say is Alex Kilgore, the true freshman who was SMU's highest-rated signee on the on-three industry ranking um, last year, is coming in, and he has just blown everyone away. Um, that's been something that's reiterated to me. And if you talk to him, if you ever meet him, awesome young man, really sharp, was a leader at Katy Paytow, won a state championship as a junior, and is just one of those guys that is really, really smart, but he's also just scratching the surface of his potential. He's about 6'2 ish, 225 already. He's going to take over for Ahmad Walker in the end at middle linebacker after Ahmad Walker. Uh, leaves SMU. There's no doubt about that. It's a matter of if they can't keep him off the field. You know, that that is something where Alex Kilgore coming off the spring, he was trending in such a way that like you got to respect that about him is that he has that mindset and ability. Well, if he's forcing your hand that he can't be taken off the field, that's going to be an interesting factor when it comes to the season. I expect him to get some time against Louisiana Tech. If SMU is able to, you know, start off strong, get his feet wet. I think the vets are really going to be the key when it comes to Oklahoma. That's an interesting atmosphere. He'll get a lot of time against Prairie View AM um, and then TCU. And then you're kind of in the league play and you should know what you have from a standpoint of Alex Kilgore this year. He's going to impact special teams right away. I think he's just too big. He's too strong. He's too athletic not to play in just about every game this year. Um, I don't think he's going to be one where SMU can even say, man, we'd love to play him in four games and redshirt him, but we just can't do that. He's, he can help us too much. Um, and if injuries do happen, you want him to be ready. So he's somebody who's the, the, the you know, arrow is pointing up in a big way pretty quickly for SMU. The biggest question with the linebackers is you have this defensive line that's been revamped that's going to help them make plays. They've got to overall get better at tackling. You know, you lose three guys um, that were veterans that helped you a lot. Well, really, you lost four that have played a good bit of football through their careers. Now you have this group coming in that really is pretty new overall um, outside of Quantus Burns. They can put their own stamp on this position. If SMU can tackle the ball carrier, take good angles, do all of those basic fundamental things at this position that Maurice Crum is entrusted with getting across to these guys, the, the defense could really take a big jump up this year because I feel like the depth they've added on the defensive line, there should be no excuses to missing tackles, taking bad angles and all those things. That was something they worked a lot in the spring. Now you didn't have Brandon Maizano. You didn't have Kobe Wilson, but you had a majority 
of your linebacker group. They are listening, taking it all in, et cetera. And that is something that if it can't get across to these guys, it's going to be another long season defensively in terms of missed tackles. And that can't happen this year. There's too much talent on this defense for missed tackles to blow what has a chance to be one of SMU's better defenses in the last 10 years, really. So I think this is a group that you've got to sit back and kind of wait and see what happens. There are new faces. There are talented players in the mix. But there's also the question of, all right, when it all comes together, how does it look? This is a defense that is going to rely heavily on Ahmad Walker to lead. You added Jonathan McGill on the back end. You have some veteran leadership in Elijah Chapman, Devere Levelston, Elijah Roberts, Jordan Miller. They're growing into leaders, I feel like. You've got to get the most out of Ahmad Walker being in the middle, creating the communication between the front four, however you want to look at that group, and the back end of the sec- uh, defense with the secondary. If Ahmad Walker can help set that tone, this is a defense that has a chance to be pretty good. They really do. Mod Walker's not scared of any stage. He's shown that throughout his career. He's going to set the tone for this linebacker room this year from what it seems like. The wild cards, Chris Adamora, Alex Kilgore, can they force Maurice Crum and Scott Simon's hands in terms of playing them more? If they do, it's probably a good thing. You know, Kobe Wilson is going to be serviceable. Jaquanis Burns, they're looking for that next jump. But if the high upside Chris Adamora and the high upside freshman Alex Kilgore can take that step quickly and contribute. That's big. So we'll see. It's definitely a wait and see position for me. You got to see it come together. It's it's pretty much all new. And even Jaquandis Burns has some questions. He's the only returner, really. That's a group that is going to have to show it. And they're going to get tested right away against Oklahoma with that run game. So um, obviously they'll they'll have to play Louisiana Tech too, but Oklahoma is really going to, you know, be physical. They've got a good offensive line. That's going to show us a lot in terms of where this group is going to be at um, early in the season and then and then kind of see how it goes from there. So that's kind of it on the preview front with the um, tight ends and linebackers. We'll be back later this week with more. Um, you got wide receivers and corners. You got offensive line and uh, uh, safety. So lots to get to as uh, fall camp is nearing. We're, we're just a week-ish away. AAC Media Day is uh, Tuesday that kind of gets going today on Monday as I'm recording this um, with their kickoff events. But Tuesday is the big day where Rhett Lashley and Tyler Levine, uh, Elijah Chapman, Devere Levelston, and Marcus Bryant are all going to be in attendance in Arlington. So stick to uh, OnThePonyExpress.com for full coverage of that. We will catch you guys next time with another edition of the podcast. But before I go, check out our friends at Big Game USA. Get the official game ball of the SMU Mustangs. Uh, I was told SMU just put in yet another order for fall camp. So gearing up with another round of footballs um, for the quarterbacks, Preston Stone, Kevin Jennings, they all helped kind of design this, but this is the one Preston Stone designed. So they're working uh, through some design things with them, getting them ready for the season. So use promo code BE on three. That's the number three for 10% off your order and free shipping. So you get about 15 bucks off and free shipping. 
get this in time for the Boulevard. So check them out, Big Game USA, friends of the podcasts. Appreciate their support. Guys, hope you have a great rest of your week. Subscribe to OnThePonyExpress.com. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We appreciate all the support you guys give us on the pod and the site. Hope you guys have a great rest of the week, and we will catch you next time. Lots to talk about this week as AAC Media Days and the final workout of the summer for SMU football is Wednesday morning. So subscribe, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening.